0: This is an AMI podcast.
1: Hey guys, welcome on to another episode of Double Tap. It is the Express for the weekend. It is Saturday 3rd of June 2023. Let's do it. You're
2: listening to Double Tap Express. Your weekly roundup of what's happening on Double Tap this week. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott
3: and
1: Sean Priest. Hey Sean Priest, it's the Express again. The train is in. Parp parp. Hello. How are you, Stephen? <laughs> <laughs> parp parp. I like that. That is park parp, isn't it? That's it what is. it is, yeah. Toot toots. we well, yeah. yeah, I like well, that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm good. Listen, this is uh, I'm blaming you for my recent purchase because I bought something today just because I was waiting for you as we were getting the show underway. Yes. Uh, you had to go and do something. And while you were yes. doing it, I bought something and I'm blaming you. Can we just stop there for a second? <sighs> I feel this is something, a segment even, that
4: we've um, disregarded recently. It I used to be much. all about what you're buying. What's happened there? Well, I can stop buying things. No, I don't believe that for one second. It's, it's, it just sort of slipped away. We forgot about it. Actually, so anyway, it's not yeah. my fault, basically, is what I'm saying. No,
1: no. What, have, what is, have you purchased? I have. So I started using my Magic Keyboard, my extended Magic Keyboard Ooh. on my Mac, yes. um, because it's more it's more nimble for my delicate fingers. <laughs> Your delicate fingers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sorry. For my little delicate fingers. I didn't mean to laugh. Oh, sorry. Yes. Uh, Arthritis ridden. <laughs> Banana hands. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Exactly, that is it, exactly. Uh, So I've got this lovely keyboard, and I'm sitting thinking, do you know the only problem with it? It's a little bit low profile. Uh, I wonder if there's any accessories you can get. that Could you lift it up a little bit, make it a little bit more comfortable, more ergonomically available to me?
4: Yeah, piece of cardboard, any (laughs) magazine you've got lying around the house, anything,
1: yeah? No, I found on Amazon, of course... A specially designed for this keyboard wrist rest with a riser in it.
4: A riser a in riser. it? A riser. Wow, how many R's are in
1: that? That's impressive. 15. <laughs> you cannot hate, prove me wrong. I hate wrist rests. Oh, no, I, I used to hate them as well, but I think my little arms and my hands, and I'm
4: getting weak Stop in my old age. <laughs> You're not some sort of petite, little, delicate flower. Stop saying your little arms. (laughs) You're not a T-Rex. What's going on? That's
1: probably closer to the truth, to be fair. (laughs) I feel like that. If I get any bigger, I think I will be a Um, (sighs) T-Rex. But yes, that has been my purchase. So thank you for that, Sean Preece. It's all your fault. I had to make a cup of tea. Now- the, the, when you say low profile, usually
4: I just think of the keys sticking out from the actual frame or the mm. chassis, if you like, yep. of the uh, keyboard. But what you're talking about there is the angle of the keyboard from the desk, right?
1: Yeah, like and it, there's a mat that this actually sits on that gives it a bit oh, of height as well. Terrible. And you've got the wrist rest. It's like a, it's like a oh. unit you're buying and you oh. slip this keyboard onto it. Awful. It will be beautiful. I can't wait to tell you about it next week.
4: Oh, yes. Well, we
1: can't wait, I'm sure. Yeah. Shall we talk about other things? Yes, please. It is the express, remember. Oh, yes, oh, the oh, train oh, oh. is in the station. Thank you. <laughs> That's and a thing uh, I'm doing. <laughs> lots to talk about. Uh, we start really with where we kind of began yesterday uh, on the show, where we talked about the Meta Quest 3. Mark Afalala Lalo joined us from Double Tap TV to give us an update on the latest news of uh, the headset announcement from the company Meta, the parent company, of course, of Facebook. Mark
5: Zuckerberg himself posted an announcement online introducing the Meta Quest 3 coming this fall. So we don't actually have a release date. We just know that they're lowering the price of the Quest 2 to 299 US dollars for the 128 gig model um, starting June 4th. So they're lowering that price so that people... I uh, don't feel too, uh, too horrible when they want to buy the MetaQuest three uh, it's going to be available in all countries where it's currently supported. The 128 gig headset is going to start at four hundred ninety nine US dollars, and there's also going to be another storage option as well. They're expecting to have a lot more details at Meta Connect, which is their annual developers conference that happening on September the 27th. So still a while to wait for this. And the Quest 3 is going to be their most powerful headset yet. It's got a slimmer design. It's got a higher resolution display with their pancake lens where they sandwich things together to make content look better. Um, Of course, they're going to have a new next generation Snapdragon chipset developed in collaboration with Qualcomm specifically for this headset. Uh, They're saying immersive VR breakthrough meta reality in a single device uh, redesigned 40 percent slimmer across the board. Uh, There's touch plus controllers, new controllers for the hand. Uh, Obviously, they've got their library of contents. They do have a leg up on the competition. I say that now because Monday we're expecting to see what Apple finally
1: has in store for us when it comes to this category. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting day on Monday for sure. WWDC, the Worldwide Developer Conference, gets underway. We will have full coverage next week on Tuesday's show. We'll be going in-depth with AMI contributor uh, for Kelly and Ramia. And, of course, here on Double Tap, you will hear Michael Babcock with us talking all about the news as it uh, appears. Also on Wednesday, we'll be joined by the host of Parallel, the podcast, and many other great shows as well. Uh, That is Shelley Brisbane. She's also the writer and author of the book iOS Access for All. She joins us on Wednesday's show, and then up next Saturday, you'll be able to listen to Mark Aflalo's view on the whole thing as he joins us for the Double Tap Express WWDC edition. Wow, that is a title. That train is getting long. I think that's park, park. a 16 carri- <laughs> carriages train. Uh, so, all that coming up next week. Uh, thanks to Mark for uh, chiming in, though, this week on the MetaQuest 3 announcement. Now, with the rest of the news, a brand new voice to double tap. Yes. We welcome Grace Schofield, AMI Zone, uh, to read through the week in news.
0: The news. Thanks, guys. And starting with Amazon's ring. The company behind the popular doorbell camera has settled with the U.S. Federal Trade Commission this week for $5.8 million over privacy violations. The FTC revealed that a former Ring employee spied on female customers for months in 2017 using cameras placed in bedrooms and bathrooms. In addition to this, Amazon agreed to pay $25 million to settle allegations that it violated children's privacy rights by failing to delete Alexa recordings upon the request of parents and keeping them longer than necessary. Although Amazon denies violating the law, the company has pledged to make changes in its practices. The outcome for customers is a significant change in privacy policies. Ring is now required to disclose to customers how much access to their data the company and its contractors have. Despite these hefty fines totaling $30.8 million, it's important to note they only represent a fraction of Amazon's first quarter profit of $3.2 billion. Staying with Amazon, and it's goodbye to celebrity voices on Amazon's Alexa-enabled devices. The company is discontinuing the sale and support of special celebrity voice add-ons, including Samuel L. Jackson, Melissa McCarthy, and Shaquille O'Neal. While a concrete reason for ending celebrity voice support is still unknown, it's worth noting that Amazon laid off several of its employees from the Devices and Services Organization last year, which is directly tied to Alexa and Alexa-enabled Amazon devices. Amazon also announced earlier this year that it plans to reboot Alexa with ChatGPT like features, with its aim to make the devices more intelligent and responsive. The news. The challenges of reading Braille for some in later life could be solved by a new glove that can verbally read the code as it's touched. The BrailleWear glove has been developed by assistive tech startup Orama AI. It works by building a small camera and LED light into the glove that shines onto the braille dots on a page, and then using AI can determine the letters of the code and return them via synthetic voice from a speaker in the back of the glove. The final version will include an audio jack and a Bluetooth module, giving users the option of listening to its audio feedback via headphones. Orama AI expects the BrailleWare glove to be commercially available by the end of the year, at a price of $300
3: developing story
0: While the world focuses on Elon Musk's firm Neuralink that promises to provide sight to the blind and movement to the physically disabled a firm in the US is already at work implanting chips into 50 people's brains Scientists at Blackrock Neurotech are hopeful that they will one day be able to massively improve the lives of people with blindness deafness depression and physical paralysis It's not clear at this stage how effective the implant is, but it is hoped that it could increase independence and mobility, and ultimately quality of life for people with paralysis. People could also control robotic arms and electric wheelchairs with their mind, amongst other things. BlackRock Neurotech will need to get FDA approval in the U.S. for the implant to get the go-ahead. The company thinks people could return to work, establish greater independence, and engage with the world in powerful new ways. The Microsoft Soundscape app is officially moving on to its next phase of development, according to the tech giant. The popular app used by blind people worldwide becomes open source in June, meaning it will no longer be supported by Microsoft, with the hope that developers will continue the journey the company began. Lots of Double Tap listeners have aired their concerns and in some cases anger about the news. Listener Brian wrote in to tell us how he uses Soundscape to run alone when he's out on the country roads in France each year. He says by creating a route using markers, he can confidently run back and forth freely with only his white cane for company and bone conduction headphones on his head to hear what's around him as he runs. This is what that experience is like for Brian. Okay, yeah.
1: 990 metres.
0: Nearing the junction. The end of the
4: one k stretch.
1: Approaching Intersection. D266, Hills Left. D266, Hills Right. 1.05 kilometers. Grass. Road. Yes. Heading west road. Yes.
4: 990 meters. And all you can hear Chief Chaff and Daiky Girl. Up a slight hill.
1: 850 meters.
4: Well, this is my short
6: soundscape demo.
1: 795 meters.
6: I know at 560 meters, it slightly kicks. The paper on the right kicks out a bit.
4: 775 meters.
0: Listener, Brian, and Howie uses soundscape. More on that shortly. Before that, we're all getting excited here at DoubleTap for the upcoming announcements from Apple's Worldwide Developer Conference. Rumors suggest a number of new Macs may be shown off, while the attention will surely be on the much-anticipated Apple headset wearable device. While details are sketchy at best, Patrick O'Rourke, who is the editor of Mobile Syrup Online, told Double Tap TV's Stephen Scott and Marco Flalo that this is definitely the right event to showcase a new product category.
7: If it is shown off at this particular uh, conference, WWDC, It's to get developers hyped about it, to get them interested in it, to get them starting to make third party apps and software for the device, because that's one of the rumors that we've seen um, pretty repeatedly over the last couple of years is that there aren't there isn't like a killer app for it yet. There's not something that like someone would see the average Apple user and be like, I need that. I need to go out. I got to drop 3K on this device and I need to start wearing a virtual reality headset all the time. And I think Apple is hoping that a, dev- a developer will come up with that if they're able to present it at WWDC in a in an exciting way ahead of its like eventual consumer release down the line.
1: Developing story.
0: Speaking of announcements, Google is widely expected to unveil a Pixel Watch 2 alongside the rumored Pixel 8 and Pixel 8 Pro later this year. Now, rumors point to the Watch 2 boasting a much newer processor alongside upgraded health sensors. 9 to 5 Google detailed the incoming smartwatch upgrades, citing sources that say the Pixel Watch 2 will run on a chipset from Qualcomm's latest Snapdragon W5 generation. Google has also said that the upcoming Wear OS 4 update will bring several optimizations and improvements, including better text-to-speech support, which could be good news for potential blind customers. And finally, the four-year wait is almost over. Netflix has set a June 15th premiere date for the sixth season of sci-fi anthology series Black Mirror. Yay! The latest season has been in the works for at least a year, and creator Charlie Brooker has stated the new episodes would keep things fresh by tackling sci-fi tropes the series had previously avoided, calling it the most unpredictable season he's been involved with. To celebrate the premiere, Netflix has also dropped a brand new trailer filled with intriguing shots. Brooker has said in the past that the newest season would be more cinematic in scope, and this trailer certainly abides by that statement. Black Mirror's early seasons were a terrifying look at near-future possibilities, but now that we're actually living in one, the show has lost a bit of its satirical edge. Let's hope Season 6 cranks it up a notch. All five episodes drop on June 15th. And that's the news. I'm Grace Garfield. Back to you guys. The News.
1: Thank you, Grace. Uh, right. Wow, what a week.
0: I know, <laughs> week. so
4: much in there. Well done, Grace. That was fantastic, by the way. Yeah. And can I just say now, I'm just going to put it in, I'm booking June 15th off.
1: Okay, June Stephen? 15th, yes. Well, I'm thinking the same. I told my wife, I said, I would advise a hotel for you <laughs> or me. Um, but since I need the internet, you have the hotel. Yes. I am such. I am such a giving guy. That's my problem. I think I'm too giving in I life. I think you are as well. You're yeah, just too much, Stephen. I know. Where do we start with the news? Honestly, there's so much. But Braille you know, glove. Uh, we'll get to that honestly i know i was (laughs) uh, when i heard this story i was like wow i cannot wait to share this and i think this is going to be a conversation to come it's one of those ones actually okay i'm going to save it i'm going to save it because i'm like i'll I'll start on it and then we'll never get to our next story Uh, but i want to talk about this first because of course as you heard in the news with grace soundscape is no more or at least as far as Microsoft are concerned. And at the end of June, uh, it is likely that it will be gone entirely from Microsoft's point of view. Uh, But there are hopes all around that a developer or another company will take on the open source software that Microsoft have put onto GitHub, although Sean has raised concerns about some of that. Uh, Mm -hmm. And we'll maybe get into that in a second. Um, And hopefully, whoever does take it will be able to take it to the next level. In a moment, we're going to hear from Becky Zar. Uh, a recent convert to Soundscape. She joined us this week on Double Tap and her views uh, that she shared on the demise of the app. But I think first, Sean, we should remind ourselves what Soundscape offered to its users. Microsoft Soundscape is an application that uses 3D audio technology to help you get around and explore your surroundings. Unlike step-by-step navigation apps, Soundscape uses 3D audio to enhance your awareness of your environment and helps you to discover new places and move more comfortably within unfamiliar spaces. First, let's listen to the information of your location and surroundings. Soundscape will tell you
7: where you are, what direction you are going, and what is nearby. Facing southeast along Bleecker Street, Intersection with Morton Street 50 meters ahead. When you walk with Soundscape, various places such as stores and parks will be read out from the direction in which they are located. Jones Records Vegan Cafe It will also read
1: out information about intersections and roads. You can discover places that you didn't know existed, even if you pass by them often, because they are read out one after another,
7: and in this way, Will make unfamiliar places feel more familiar. Approaching intersection, Franklin Street goes left. King Street continues ahead.
1: So that's what Soundscape had to offer. Sorry, I feel like I'm holding back tears listening to that.
4: Just give me a minute. Choking up, (laughs) choking up, man. I was, I was so sad.
1: I know, isn't it? I mean, so so this is it. It's going away, but. Again, the hope is, and I think this is the bit, and it's funny because I saw a comment from Gordon Anthony this week on Twitter, and he said, I'm really surprised at how restrained you were in regards to this news when I would expect you to be you know, banging the table constantly about it. And the reason I'm not, hmm. I think, is because they've open sourced it. If they had killed the app entirely, if they had said, look, we're not supporting it yes. anymore, the end is gone then I would be on top of the table. Yes, even I would climb on top of a table to scream (laughs) down this microphone. Um, But I I feel because they've open sourced it, there's at least a chance it can continue. And I think in the future, we might turn around and say, that was actually a good move from Microsoft. I I, I don't think Mm -hmm. we can see that today because we don't know what the future is. No, that's very optimistic. It is very optimistic, but I cannot imagine no one else out there is thinking about this. And we know this week we heard that there's a possibility Blind Square might be getting on board with this and doing stuff with it. There's all kinds of talk about navigation. Everyone seems to talk about, oh, we're going to put navigation into our app. It's funny, no one's telling us any more than that, and this app is suddenly becoming available open source. source. i just, you know, you
4: wonder, right? I really hope so. I really do, because there's just so much love for this app in the community. I yeah. mean, you know, people are really, really sad to see this go because it, they find it so useful. and. So I really do hope it's just it's just is that fact that you just said it's just developers are very tight-lipped. I I don't know apart from the uh, Blind Square developer. Um I don't know anyone else who's working on it. But yeah, let's let's hope so. Anyway, let's try and get some positive out of it. Maybe it will evolve into something even better.
1: Yeah, well that's certainly the, the hope and and dream for sure. And we did hear in fact on Friday's episode from listener Paul who sent in an incredible email uh detailing his almost like his um, his case for Blind Square. Yes. Which I thought was really good. You should go and listen to that because honestly, it was so good to listen. And I'm going to go back and listen to it again because he had, there was so much information in that email that Paul sent in and read, of course, by our lovely Laura. Thank goodness for Laura. It um, <laughs> was a long one, but it was a long email. It? I could not have done that. No way. Um But on Wednesday's episode of the show, you might have heard Becky Zarr talking. She is the host of Raising Kindness here on AMI-audio, which is also available on YouTube, to tell us what her reaction was when the news broke that Microsoft was retiring the project.
6: I I honestly didn't believe it. And I was like, okay, like there's got to be some sort of mistake or confusion or mismessaging that's taken place. And so I kind of just let it percolate for a little bit. And then I kind of read a little bit more about it and it was legitimately going away. And then I got like kind of a little bit fearful. And I was thinking about, you know, myself and this is going to come and coincide right with summertime when my son is off school and I want to be out confidently doing things in the community with him. And then I started thinking about other people and thinking, well, maybe they don't even have the resource that I do. At least I'll have a 13 year old walking beside me, right? That can verify a particular intersection that's right in front of me not two blocks up ahead and so you know I, I was just really frustrated in that I feel that you know we know statistically isolation is a big problem for people with visual impairments and I just feel like this is going to compound the issue for some other people as well they don't have access to you know maybe the monetary money that's associated with purchasing blind square or you know finding a different app that's actually compatible and to their liking and I, I mean personally with me I just love the visual aspect um, of what is going on around me. That's something I really missed when I lost my sight is I I want to know what businesses I'm going by. And lots of times I'm actually told about businesses that I had no idea that have moved into that spot. Yeah. And so it's just, it's really informative and it feels really comfortable for me. So I'm, I feel like, you know, I was sitting on the couch one day whining about this and I was like, I have to do something about it. I have to try. So I have been passing around this petition started by some lady. I don't even know who she is um, in New York. If you just Google soundscape petition, it'll pop up there. And when I started sharing it, it was around 1,500 people. And now we're close to 1,700 people um, that have signed that. So if you are a soundscape person like me that – does not want to see it go away, um, You know, feel free to jump on there. Or if you have somebody that you know that really enjoys the app as well, throw your signature on it. It doesn't hurt. We may not you know, remedy the issue today or tomorrow, but it, it allows us to have our voices being heard collectively as a community. I think that's important.
1: Absolutely. And uh, we will link you uh, on the show notes to that uh, petition, which is on change.org. It's called Don't Let Microsoft Take Away Navigation for the Blind as uh, you just heard from Becky there, just over 1,700 people have signed. They're aiming to get that up to 2,500. Let's thousand. Let's let's help them along with that. But I, I think mm, it's, it's, it's kind of, I guess my question might be, what are they going to hope to achieve, or what are they hoping to achieve with this petition? Because I don't think Microsoft are going to take it back.
4: You know, why not? That's, that's the question. Why mm. not? Surely, you know, is this... Uh, uh, I don't know. I'm not a coder. I'm, I don't run a multinational company, funnily enough. Really? No, no, no. Honestly, well, that, I'm, that is breaking news. I am just sat in a shed. But the thing is... <laughs> and it is an is, actual shed. Yes, it is. The thing is, uh, what? why are they dropping it? it it's, uh, so the, the official line is that this has always been the plan, right? This was the next phase of, of this research project. It was always going to be released open source. Absolutely fine. But honestly... Would it hurt just to keep it alive until
1: there is an alternative out there? Because on, it's, it's like... At some point, you've got to let the child go. You've got to say, you know, the, you're, you're 25 the- years old. Get out of my house.
4: <laughs>
1: yeah, I don't know. I just really don't want... It's a bit like being
4: stood in the middle of a, a gravel path and then someone's just taking the, your shoes off you. Yeah, uh, you know, oh, that's all right. Someone else will make you a new pair. Well, that's good. But what right are you now, talking I, about? I, are you trying to? Are
1: you trying to get on I, my I, I, analogy train? This is uh, a Sean Priest analogy. Part, <laughs> part.
4: The point is that this is really helpful to us and a lot of people, yeah. and it it really will have a detrimental effect.
1: Okay, quick thoughts on the braille glove. Come on, tell us your thoughts on this because I was really intrigued by this this uh, <laughs> glove that can read braille and then speak it back to you. Wow.
4: Well, I can see some backlash on this. You know, well, you should learn to read Braille using your fingers yourself, you know? I I, I get that. But there are some people that may have issues, nerve issues or whatever, sensitivity issues, that just can't. And maybe this will help. Also, I'm thinking of teachers who... Uh, teach visually impaired kids uh, that may find this useful. Um, I think it's just a, a cool application of technology if it actually comes about. And the price point seemed reasonable to me as well. So I can see this being quite useful.
1: Yeah, it was inspired, apparently, to, to the, the person who inspired, was inspired to invent the device uh, was uh, inspired. There's <laughs> a lot of uses of the word inspired <laughs> while volunteering at an institute for the blind in India where he discovered that 90% of visually impaired people cannot read Braille. Now, this goes back to the point, if you remember, we talked about the Braille Doodle um, and the company that was behind that, yes. uh, the Touchpad Pro Foundation that is developing that. You know, there are really, we kind of forget in this country because we do have access to a lot here. I mean, you know, I, I can argue the, the toss about, you know, availability of Braille and, and the cost of Braille and all of that, but we do at least have access to, you know, learning materials and tools. Yes. That's not the case in other countries. So this could be really useful. This could be really useful. But I agree. Um, we don't want to find alternative ways to read Braille. We want to be reading it with our fingers. But again, it's good to have an option for people who can't but still need it.
4: Yeah, absolutely. I'd, I'd, I'd be really interested to see this in action. It, it sounds sounds really cool to me.
1: Yeah, really, really interesting.
4: I'm, I'm quite interested to that, that ratio you gave of 90% of visually impaired people not being able to read Braille. Mm. I wonder if that's the same you know, overall, I'm really intrigued at how many people, because there's quite a few blind people that I know that actually don't read Braille either. Yes,
1: but and again, I think we have to be slightly cautious. The devil's in the detail when it comes to Braille, because mm. it, you've got to think about the numbers of people who are blind and low vision. Now, you may find that the proportion of people who are blind is a higher proportion who can read Braille mm. versus those who are low vision, because they wouldn't have been taught it in school, like me.
4: Yeah, but even, even if you've got very low vision, you know, legally blind, I think the, the phrase is, even then you're, you're, it's very difficult to get Braille training officially, you know, other than online. Trying to get it from some sort of department or service, council, government, or whatever it may be, it's really tricky now because yes. they say it's not needed
1: course it is but you know it, it definitely is worse than India I can only imagine yes I'm sure um, yes. you know at least here we'd have the resources to get together and perhaps do something you know and figure it out but yeah. yeah I know what you mean I know where you're coming from uh, let us know your thoughts feedback at doubletaponair.com and I uh, will get to your comments through the week also you can call us one eight seven seven eight zero three four five six seven is our number Double Tap Express continues next
2: Call the Double
3: Tappers now, 1-877-803-4567.
2: Or email us, feedback at doubletaponair.com.
1: Yeah, and don't forget to get in touch and tell us your thoughts on that Braille glove. I'll be really interested to hear what people have got to say. Uh, We're going to reach out and see if they will come on and and tell us a bit more about it. I actually think that sounds like a great idea. Uh, Normally, when I hear about a new cane or something that's coming out, I saw another one this week. There's was like a smart cane that was coming out. And I thought, oh, not again. Can we just leave the cane alone? It doesn't need what? to be smart. The, the, Stop the all that nonsense. It depends what it's bringing to the table. Uh, yeah, not much, I would have thought. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Okay. It should bring you to the table. That's the point of a white cane. Um, oh, no, that's very good. Thank you. Oh, Black Mirror, sorry. season six. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. I know. can't believe but it's I, been
4: four years. I know. And I can't believe they say, you know, oh, we need to up. The um, the drama, the scares or whatever, because it always terrified me. It was
1: an amazing series. It was, but it was one of those shows that it always seemed to get it quite close to true. There was one particular episode, I remember, all about ratings. You would rate each other. Oh yes so every interaction, right. they would be like, Oh hi, how are you? And then you'd go oh, yes, five, five stars. Five stars. <laughs> that's that's Uber. That is what Uber's like. That is what yeah. I am like in an Uber. I'm like, Hi, how are you? I'm like the the least interested person in other people. And then suddenly I'm like, Hi, how are you? How are your children? Do you have children? Oh, wow. Yeah.
4: That's a good thing then. So it is makes it? you a nicer, more pleasant oh, person. I hate it.
1: Hate it. <laughs> I'm going to rate myself one star. That's where I'm at. Uh, listen, if you've got the Hable One Braille input keyboard, you might not realize there's an update and uh, an app as well that you can get for Apple and Android, which gives you access to those updates. But if you have any issues updating your Hable One, don't worry, because this week, Sean Priest had the answer. They've
4: just released the Hable One app. for, And it's only purpose currently. Hopefully, in the future, you can you know, change the settings on your Hable One. But currently, there's just basically one button. That just update, and you tap on it. And if when I tried it, as you did, the error came back: "Cannot update, DFU service not found." The problem there is that you need to be running at least the December update from 2022 on your Hable One in order to be able to use the app. If you're running anything earlier than that, it won't update. It won't work. So the ones that we're using obviously haven't been updated in quite a while. Yeah. Um, so you need to basically do it through your computer. If you connect your Hable 1 using the USB-C cable to your computer and then go to iamhable.com and then navigate through until you get to the support link in there and you will find a software update option. Um, through that, you find a link to download the Hable 1 toolbox, which is a, a program to update your Hable 1 you know, through your desktop computer. So... I simply downloaded that, ran it, and it did it all itself. It took about two or three minutes. There wasn't a lot of um, spoken updates as it was doing it, so do wait because I was nearly you know alt f4ing it and done plugging it, but eventually it did come up saying "Update successful or something like that. Um, and once you update to that, you can then simply use the Hable 1 app on your smartphone. you don't need to connect it through the cable as you said it updates through bluetooth i opened up the app hit update and um in about 60 seconds with spoken output as well it told me with a progress bar in about 60 seconds it updated to the latest version the update through the computer through the website was for december's and it does say if you haven't got you know you need december's of 2022 update in order to use the app and be able to update wirelessly basically so that's what the toolbox program does on your windows computer so um once if you've been keeping your hable up to date anyway it's fine yeah you won't have this problem but if you do that's the reason why i will also say when i did update i did have to um manually set it to ios it, for some reason, it, it wouldn't connect, it was just vibrating away. Um, so, on the Hable One device itself, to get into the Hable menu, you hold down dots one, two, three, four, five, six for a few seconds, and then hold down dot two for iOS for a few seconds, and it will do two little vibrations. That means it's in iOS mode. If you hold down dot one for a few seconds, it puts it in Android mode. Now, normally, you don't have to do that because as soon as you connect it via Bluetooth, it automatically selects and detects what phone you're using but for some reason after the update i had to do that and i also had to set it back to english for some oh. reason it went to and i don't know what language it was set to but the punctuation the braille punctuation wouldn't work full stop and commas just didn't do anything so i had to set it to english again in the Hable menu uh i think it is e so dots, oh my God, I'm going now, one and five. Well done. Um, to set it to English UEB. Like many updates, I updated and then, of course, some of the shortcuts had changed and then my punctuation wasn't working <laughs> and I was nearly throwing it at the wall. So that's, that's just the, uh, the nature of updating, right?
1: Really interesting. And I have to say, Sean, for you and I uh, this week, we've been using this quite a bit, kind of <laughs> scarily, actually. We've been WhatsApping each other using text rather than voice
4: audio recordings. And um, yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm getting quite comfortable with it.
1: I am, although I have been avoiding any words with a letter U in them because I keep forgetting what U is. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I'm like, uh, but you know, it's, it's one of those things, it does come back to you. It does. And of course, having that audible feedback as well as you're typing is good because you can kind of learn it as you go, right? You kind of, did yeah. I get it right? I did. Um, I know. and, and I'm, great I'm, I'm quite finding myself like smiling to myself
4: when I get through a sentence Like, oh, you know what I actually I got that bang on it's, yeah. uh, it's quite rewarding I got following
1: you know it's, it's yeah, like, I actually exactly managed to right. type yeah. a sentence and some punctuation in there it's nice <laughs>
4: can I just say as well that updating experience was you might not experience that those resetting of the preferences that could have been something I did or whatever so that's not you know you've got to do that every time Um, You may be absolutely fine after updating, but I just wanted to give that information out there in case someone does experience the same.
1: Definitely, definitely. Okay, so the official ChatGPT app from OpenAI launched in another 40 countries at the beginning of the week, including Canada, eventually, and the UK. Thomas Donville, also known as Anonymous, reviewed the app for AppleViz.com and kindly let us broadcast a shorter version of the review here on Double Tap on Monday. Here's the review, which you can listen to in full on AppleViz.com.
2: So let's get started with the OpenAI GPT. First thing you need to know when you first download this and install it and you open it for the first time, you're going to notice your phone goes crazy and meaning the haptic is just going and doing all these type of buzzing. Do not worry. That is normal. That's how it's supposed to work. And this takes you to the login screen where you can create a new account. If you don't have one, it's easy to set up. You can either use your Apple, Google, Or just create your own with your own email if you already have an account you just sign in once you sign in the haptic will go away and the good news you can turn off the haptic also keep in mind as i always said before with any type of ai it is not a hundred percent it always will have some issues so use your common sense don't ever take what it seems or deems as an answer as 100 percent accurate All right, without further ado, let's head on over to my iPhone. That's where I've installed the OpenAI GPT. ChatGPT, double tap to open. So once it's installed, it is labeled as ChatGPT. So let's go ahead and open that up, one finger double tap. ChatGPT. Now let's go over the interface quickly here, and that way we can get an idea how the screen is laid out. And then we'll show you some more things, how to use it and other various items top right menu button pop-up button double tap to activate the picker is your menu button we'll be coming back in a few moment let's go to the right New message
3: text field double tap to edit use the rotor to access misspelled words
2: so here is the edit box that you will be entering to ask the chat GPT various questions or requests so you just tap that once with one finger double tap and then enter your question and then to go to the right of that dictation button
3: shows the voice recording interface and begins recording
2: yes the options to use dictation now obviously for those of voiceover we're going to be using the two-finger double tap which is we consider as magic tap to do the dictation into the box or you can use your handy dandy keyboard if you want to enter the question from there let's go to the right sent dimmed button and then once we're ready we're going to send it to chat gpt so we can receive and answer back now at the very bottom center that's where the message is bottom right that is where the send button is top right is the menu now once you double tap on the message it'll pop up so it will essentially move up by half up the screen where the bottom half is where your keyboard is going to live so you'll have to tap in the center to find the message box once again so meaning that it's not going to be at the bottom center or bottom right after you initialize the new message area before we do that let's go to the menu button top right menu button pop-up button double tap to activate the picker let's do one finger double tap on that history button okay so the first item who comes up is the history yes this is the history of all the conversation or the sessions you have had with your chat GPT so each of the session I'm gonna call them session but they call them chat And once you go into a session, so you ask a specific question, that becomes a session. And that means you can have a conversation with the OpenAI self. So I can ask specific questions. I can do follow-up questions, et cetera. that becomes a session. And that gets stored in the history. So even though I might have asked three questions in that particular session, it's just going to show up one session or chat, if that makes sense. Settings button. There's a settings button new chat button new chat is something that you want to come back to uh, to initiate meaning that you're done with a session you don't want to keep doing this different questions in the same session cuz it'll confuse the open ai gpt and it will get confused to say I'm looking stuff up for about Apple Viz, and then I'm asking about, oh, something else, something else, it'll get confused. So each session, you need to redo the session and have a new chat. So a new chat just erases everything, and it's like you're onto a new topic. Dismiss contacts menu. And then lastly, we have the dismiss this whole menu item. Let's go back left to the settings. New chat, settings, button. One finger double tap.
3: Double tap to dismiss pop-up window. Button.
2: Let's go right here. Settings. Heading. Close. Button. There's a close button. Account. Heading. Now this is the account area that you've signed in with. So if you want to review what your account is that you're signed into. Email. Thomas at the McKe- So that shows my address there. Subscription. Free plan. Button tells you which subscription you have on, you are currently on the free plan. And the next button to the right of this is essentially the same thing. Upgrade to ChatGPT Plus button. Data controls button. Data control allows you to control your account. This is where where at some point you want to export all the items you have asked in the history area. You can export that into one big clump and then there's an option to delete the account if you just want to get rid of the account entirely chat heading this is your chat settings area haptic feedback switch button on double tap to toggle setting this is what i was talking about if the haptic feeling is just too much for you and i understand there is kind of a long lengthy haptic but i keep it on for my reason is is that it that way I can tell is done generating the answer and the um, the answer is ready for you to, to look at. So I, I like that, to feel it. But if that's too much for you, you can just come in here and double tap to turn that off. About heading. And then, of course, you've got the about section, which is pretty much what you can expect in a typical about section. Help center. Button. Link. If you'd like to know anything more about the app itself, frequently asked questions and help and support area, this is where you come to double tap. Terms of use, button, privacy policy, button, licenses, button, chat GPT for iOS, 1.2023.20, 592. So you get the idea what the about section is and that's pretty much it. I don't really ever go in here other than for the haptic perhaps or if I want to use a different account, so let's head out of here, let's go towards the top, four-finger tap at the top. Double tap to dismiss pop-up window. Button. And I'm going to go to the right. Settings.
3: Heading. Close. Button. Double click on close. Menu.
2: Button. Pop-up button. Double tap to activate the picker. All right, so let's get going. I'm going to show you quite a few things you can do with Open AI GPT. New message. Text field. Double tap to
3: edit. Use the rotor to access misspelled words. So let's do one finger double tap on the message here.
2: New message, text field, is editing, insertion point at start. And I'm going to use a dictation here, and I'm going to dictate a question here. What is Applevis? What is Applevis? All right, so now we know that it was dictated correctly. You always want to double check that because, you know, as I do, when we do any type of dictation, it doesn't always get what you think you said, so it's always good to make sure that you're, (laughs) that it inserted it correctly. So let's go to the right until we get to the send button. Sent, button. And one finger double tap, send it. Sent, dimmed, Apple, stop generating, button. All right, so you hear that it says stop generating. So if you want to double tap that to stop otherwise, what's gonna happen is that your haptic feeling on your phone is gonna start shaking and vibrating. And when it is done generating the question and it has an answer for you, it's going to stop with a haptic feeling. So that's the best way to know that it is done. Now, like I said, the period of time that it takes to get a response will vary. Like that time, it took maybe two seconds. Other times, it may take a lot longer, maybe seven seconds. Now, about a third way up, or I say a third way down on your screen, one third down, just tap that portion there. Otherwise, you could just do a four-finger tap towards the top there and swipe to the right. You'll see the menu button, swipe to the right. You'll see your question, and then swipe to the right is the GPT answer back. So let me show you that first four-finger tap to the top. Menu, button, pop-up button. Go to the Double right. Double tap, Thomas. What is Applevis? this? And that way you can see
3: the uh, question that you asked and go to the right. GPT. AppleVis is a website and community dedicated to providing information, resources, and support for blind and low-vision users of Apple devices. It offers a wealth of accessibility-related content, including app reviews, guides, tutorials, and forums where users can share their experiences and ask questions. AppleVis aims to help individuals with visual impairments make the most of Apple's products and ensure equal access to
2: technology. Isn't that amazing? That's that, that's very good, and I like the summary of what the AppleVis is about. Now, because this is a conversation, we're still in the same session. I can ask more questions about Applevis in this same discussion. So let's do that. Let's go to the right. New message. Text field is
3: editing. Character mode. Insertion point at start. Use the rotor to access misspelled words.
2: One finger double tap. Insertion point at end. And I'm going to do a follow-up question. When was Applevis created? When was Applevis created? All right. Let's go to the right to send. Sent. Button. Double tap. Sent dimmed apple stop generating button and we get the cute haptic vibration again now this time i'm just gonna tap one third away down on the phone and i'll go directly to the answer that we just asked
3: when was applevis created gpt Apple applevis was created in march 2010 since then it has grown into a valuable resource for blind and <clears> low vision individuals who use apple products The community has continued to thrive and support each other over the years, sharing knowledge and advocating for accessibility in the Apple ecosystem.
2: Very well done, and that was correct. It was created in 2010, and you'll see that by just tapping in that one-third of the way down and went directly to the answer, so you didn't have to do any swipe. So that's my advice to you and tip if you just want to get to the answer quickly. Always take everything that tells you with a pinch of salt because more times than not, it is accurate And sometimes it just gives just weird answers. And that can happen from time to time. So just keep that in mind. I hope this finds on your home screen. All right. Well, that's going to do for me. My name is Thomas Donville. Also known as Nautomouse. Till next time. Bye-bye.
1: And you can hear the full version of that demo. It runs to about 44 minutes on the Apple Viz website. Links are in our show notes and on our social media. Now, on Thursday's episode of Double Tap, I sat down for the second part of my interview with blind journalist, and advocate Robert Kinjit. Now, following our emotional and at times difficult conversation the week before, this time around, we focused on much more positive news on the advocacy that Robert has done over the years, which has resulted in him working with Netflix to ensure their original content would be audio described. Now, while access has and still is an issue, the focus is now turning to quality rather than quantity. And Robert's latest venture, the Social Description Collective, aims to bring about a diverse group of people into the room to create audio description, making it better for us, the consumers. He told me more about the work he's done to date.
7: So usually when sighted people look at a thing like a fabric of clothing or or what have you? Um, even though they're looking at the same thing, you're gonna get about 20 different interpretations um, based off what they it's a combination of what they see and what they perceive and, and what their background is. Um, so uh, so I decided to take that uh, concept and I start to really think about how can a blind person, uh, write audio description and, and it's the same thing with the, the cited analogy. Uh, if you take 20 different amateur descriptions and, and, and if you listen to the common thread of those 20 different amateur descriptions, you can actually pick out, uh, key things that are happening on the screen. You can pick out things that uh, that a, 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 a you need to know because this content is f- for you. So, uh, so you would actually know more than a sighted person what needs to go into a, a audio description because. You you cannot see what is happening on the screen, so so you would need to ask more uh, questions of your your sighted assistants to get that visual picture. So then you can weave it into the script. Uh, that's how I do it. Um, I whenever I have a project that I Audio describe that I write the audio description script for. I I have about um, uh, three to four to five uh, diverse uh, people. This is important because of perception and everything. And we watch the um, movie slash production together. I, I take all all of their amateur descriptions and then i mold them them and craft them into a free-flowing well not free-flowing but into a well-crafted script that uh, that transforms into the audio description script that you hear today
1: absolutely brilliant work that roberts doing and you can find out more about it it's called the social description collective search for that online and uh, that is almost it for us don't forget monday it's the big day for us geeks because it's apple's <laughs> wwdc day worldwide developer <laughs> <laughs> conference oh so excited i know we're like uh, big children Cannot wait for the day that Apple will announce something that's probably going to cost about three thousand dollars and be totally outside of our (laughs) capability to buy. Even me, Um, so I'm kind of like hopeful and also like, oh, could you bring out like a light version of it? You know, or your credit card over here would be very handy. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, But no, here's my question: What are you? hoping for is there anything in particular you would like to see at wwdc do
4: you know what i mean apple glass aside i'm really interested to see what is happening with ios there is a lot of talk about it being a maintenance upgrade you know no features coming through which is absolutely fine i want to see some work with voiceover especially let's see some of those bugs finally being ironed out.
1: Yeah, we're not going to be talking about WWDC on Monday because, uh, well, you know, what? it's because the day it's happening, it feels a bit weird to talk about it on the day. So we won't be talking much about it on Monday. But if you do want to geek out with us uh, on the subject of WWDC and what's coming up, then do check out our Friday episode. We had Patrick O'Rourke with us from Mobile Syrup. He was great, wasn't he? he and was. um And he came on and talked to us all about the... What he thinks is coming. And also, we get into the whole subject around Macs as well, because there's talk about new Macs being launched. This is coming off the rumour of the, uh, the new Macs that are coming out will be uh, allowing other Macs to be traded in. And that is something which will happen, <gasps> apparently. So yeah, I can go and sell all my old stuff. You've got a armful uh, of them. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll get my suitcase ready to take it all back in. Uh, so yeah, you can go check that out on Monday. Though, we're going to be talking about the phone link for iOS and more of your feedback as well. Really interesting stuff going on with Microsoft at the minute, working now with Apple to bring the phone link app to not just Android, but Apple. We'll talk about that. On Monday's show, and lots more besides. That's the Double Tap Express for this week. This train is leaving the station. Have a great weekend. Sean Priest, thank you as always. Part, part, thank you. <laughs>